podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic picked up exactly where they left off before the international break with another big three points today and a brilliant performance against Hearts at Tynecastle. This is Tino with the Final Whistle Show and I'm joined for this one by Muff. Muff, your initial response to this afternoon's big one. Well, Tino, hello listeners. Um, my initial reaction is one of sheer joy, as it always is when, when Celtic win, especially at Tynecastle, especially given the, the, the kind of sideshow around ticket allocations that was running alongside it. Um, quite a novel idea from Hearts to maybe go for the atmosphere at a library to try and put Celtic off their stride. Um, thankfully, it didn't work. And those very, very select few Celtic fans that did manage to make it in were, were in raptures pretty quickly. Yeah. Let's just touch on that or stay on that just for a moment before we get into all the detail of the game. It's farcical, isn't it? When you look at that stand behind the goals, I don't know the name of that stand, you would know better than me, but Roseburn. the Roseburn behind the goals there, um, that Celtic were shooting in, in the first half. You've got the Celtic fans kind of fudged into a, a kind of a third of that stand by the looks of it. And when the camera pans out, there's empty seats aplenty across the rest of that stand and throughout Tynecastle. Who wins it? I was trying to do the maths and I've worked out that it's probably cost Hearts about a quarter of a million to grandstand in such a fashion. Why are Scottish football and, and specifically other teams continuing to shoot themselves in the foot. Well, well let's, let's be honest about it then. Let, let's play, I'll play devil's advocate here. From a purely sporting perspective, from that the perspective of home advantage, I understand it. I understand it because what did COVID display? No team, no team feeds off their fans' energy at Celtic. That's just a fact. It's an absolute fact that, you know, it's there in black and white in the history books that when Celtic were deprived of their fans, the team was unable to function as well as it did than when their fans were in the stadium. Almost like supporting the team, but also holding the team to account because that's what the fans do. You know, we just love our club so much. Everybody thinks their club's special, but there's no doubt we are. So I get it for that point of view. However... At the exact same time, these clubs and their fans will often moan and moan loudly about the lack of income that they have compared to Celtic and compared to Rangers and the, you know why how it's not a fair playing field or a level playing field. You will never get that level playing field if you knock back revenue. If you run a business and you are basically saying no to guaranteed turnover my question to the proprietors the custodians the directors of that business is how are you going to make that up because that that is to me absolutely mental yeah i mean you know as i say i'm running the numbers it's, it's back a fag packet take maths but if you're looking at 250 grand today and they'll do it again next time Celtic come calling, and they'll do it twice when Rangers come calling, that's a million pound. Can Hearts, who have had their own ups and downs in financial turmoil in, in recent years, can Hearts afford to turn back, back a million pound? And also, their fans will be moan it, and they'll, they'll be the same fans that say, why are we not investing in players? Why are we not signing a new striker, a new goal, a new whatever? We, you know, and these guys cost money, yet they're throwing away a million pounds. So who wins out? What's, yeah. what's the, the end no, you're, you're right. 
you know, and, and listen, in, in, in the case of Hearts, Ann Budge is a very successful businessman. So Ann Budge clearly knows what she's doing when it comes to her numbers and, and running businesses. That's what makes it even more baffling for me. Yeah. Um, that You would only assume that there is an element of pettiness here. Uh, however, what will be levelled at Celtic is that, that one of entitlement that they should just be allowed, you know, 5,000 tickets for an away end because they have them. Using Kelly as an example, Kelly on the one hand are playing on a plastic pitch, but on the other hand knocking back, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of revenue from, from Celtic and Rangers each season uh, for their fans turning up. I, I just I just don't get it. And and, and ultimately, Oxier stadiums have brought additional safety, but they've also limited numbers. Um They've limited numbers from, from back in the days when you could go to a terrace and, you know, I think of my own, my own supporting days back in the, when I started going in the early 90s and tickets for Tynecastle were free available and lucky enough it's somewhere I've been a few times before it actually became, became all-seater and it, it's just a shame that, that the, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of my boys starting to take them to games. My boys have never been to Putaudry, never been to Tynecastle, never been to Ibrox and it's, um, it's probably just a sign of the times. It's it's sad that you just don't get you you know you don't get that opportunity as as a fan to visit all the you know ten castle throw. You can talk about the jambos being horrible. It's a great atmosphere. It's a great stadium to visit. Yeah, it really is, and the various other stadiums you've mentioned as well. As a football fan, and as you say, you're in the same section as many other guys who are starting to take their kids to the games and won't get that opportunity. You know, for them and their young youngsters to experience that and and that's a real shame listen we'll park it for now you and I will, will pack it up in the show with the rest of the guys on another day but for now let's get back to the good stuff and there's plenty of it Muff uh, in terms of Celtic and what they brought to the party against Hearts this afternoon we'll start with the lineup, and myself and Paddy had recorded um, the pre-match show the countdown to kick-off and your Paddy for the most part called that exactly spot on but I'm, I'm going to take a bit off him because it's I'm not saying it's wholly predictable at this moment in time, but actually it's fast become Celtic's strongest 11, hasn't it? And, uh, you know, I think they showed that, you know, they took the game with the scruff and their Kelly Bells and I'd be keen to hear any thoughts against it, but it looks like the best 11 we've got available at this moment in time. Yeah, I think it's, it's taken Rodgers a wee while to get there. Um, some by accident, some by players not taking advantage of opportunities that were given. Probably the likes of Turnbull and Yang being being the, the, the most um, obvious ones there, albeit that I always think Palmer was was earmarked to start when he was purchased. It was just a case of getting him up to speed. Turnbull, obviously Rogers looked like he fancied him, but I think that was maybe used to galvanise Hatati more than it was Turnbull being particularly in favour. And then, then Liam Scales, um, who has justified everyone's sort of expectations. I, I you know, I feel I feel bad saying this. I, I think he's been outstanding, but I, I do still think Naroki probably will come into the team before him. Just, I, I, I just have a feeling. I don't know why, and I don't even know if I'd be happy about it either. You know, I, I, I can't explain why. I just think he will see because he's been bought. I just think that he will. But what you can't deny is that lad has given absolutely everything when he's been in the team, and he's looked, he's looked really, really good, and he was excellent again today. I agree. Uh, I, I don't know where I'm at on it. You know, my, my opinion on skills, he changes with every passing game in a positive sense in terms of what I think about him. He just continues. 
You've been listening to the final whistle show on the Celtic Exchange. To continue listening to this episode and to support what we do, simply subscribe right now to the Celtic Exchange Plus at theCelticExchange.com slash plus. It takes less than two minutes to get set up and for less than a fiver a month, you can enjoy all of our pre and post-match shows, our special episodes with excels such as Lubo Moravchik and Martin O'Neill, as well as a full version of the Celtic Exchange Weekly every Monday night. The link to get started is in the show notes for this episode, so click there right now and we'll see you back at the Celtic Exchange Plus in just a few minutes. More podcasts, more reaction, more Celtic, all on the Celtic Exchange Plus. Sports Social Podcast Network.